Names are names and numbers are numbers. But on occasion, the twain shall meet. A name for everything. But what's in a name? The name of this host is Eric Goldstein, and the name of the show is Namely. We spent a number of Namely episodes. Your days are numbered! <gasps> what? Are you Eric Goldstein? Sort of afraid to admit it, but yes. Why do you have a battle axe? Former student of Cooper Elementary. Again? Yes. Is that also a crossbow? <laughs> At last, I have found my quarry. You're a bounty hunter? No! Even worse! I am a school district record keeper. What? Yes. My name is Mrs. Carmichael. In a review of Cooper Elementary Records, it was discovered... Wait, this is about my elementary school? No interruptions! As I was saying, it appears that you were absent on the day in which number sense was being addressed. Since that discovery, I have been haunting you. But you've been one step ahead of me, creeping away just as I arrive. I've been here in the recording studio pretty much nonstop. Yes, I heard the podcast, your voice, taunting me. Couldn't figure out where you were recording from. But I say it at the end of every episode. Oh, I can't stand your smarmy running from the law voice. I never made it past the theme song. Ah, so not a fan of the podcast. I do like the theme song. Oh, great. I'll let Stephen know. So what can I do for you, Mrs. Carmichael? You must prove to me that you have number sense. You asking about numbers? That's funny. <laughs> See, there are a kind of integers named Carmichael numbers. They... <laughs> Silence! No diversionary tactics. We're talking about elementary school number sense. Prove you have it, or your miseries will be countless. Miseries? How so? Fail, and I will rescind your elementary school completion. <laughs> Hold on. That was years ago. Why would that matter? Don't you see? No! Elementary school, middle school, annulled. Diploma, rescinded. College degree, shredded. Any job application in which you claim to have a degree? <laughs> Fraud, prison, torment. Or I could make you re-attend elementary school. <laughs> no, the egg drop. Oh, those poor, poor shattered eggs. Never again. What do I have to do? Count to ten? No, you must demonstrate number sense. Sure, but I was about to record an episode of my podcast, namely, about names. The hub! Explain names that have numbers in them. One through ten. You have twelve minutes. I can't! Why only twelve minutes? Standardized testing. <laughs> Time's a-wasting! Ah, okay, uh, one. One, uh... One. Aha! 
A1 sauce. Back in the 1820s, there wasn't refrigeration yet. By the time meat made it from the farm to, say, the royal palace, it was already turning rancid. What was a personal chef to the king to do? That was exactly the problem facing Henderson William Brand, chef to King George IV, which is also a name with a number in it. Royal names don't count. Huh. Henderson, we've got a problem. This meat is rancid. Same old, same old. This time it is particularly rancid. Ah, par for the course. It's green. Oh, that is an issue. What do we do? I know. I will invent a new sauce. So tangy, so tasty, so dark brown that it covers the fetid, rotting flavor. Great idea! And if it doesn't work, you'll just end up beheaded. Was he beheaded? How delightful! Sorry to disappoint, but no. The king liked the sauce so much, he declared it A1, meaning of top quality. One down! Move on, though. You're running out of time. Wait. The random sketches and inclusions count against me? I can't control those. <laughs> then I suggest you hurry. Dos Equis. Beer from Mexico. The name means two X's. Thanks to me, the most interesting man in the world. Two-Face? The Batman villain? Uh, you're not the most interesting man in the world. I should kill you for that. Sorry, no, I mean, you're not the most interesting man in the world in the Dos Equis commercials. He's more interesting than a guy with two faces and a name with two in it? The name Two-Face is a bit on the nose, or two noses. Dos Equis refers to the two X's in the Roman numeral for 20. It was originally marketed as a modern 20th century beer. I had been expecting the numbers in English, but I will accept Dos Equis. Great, thanks. For three, how about three musketeers? So my two faces is on the nose, but three guys with muskets aren't? Yes, well, not those three musketeers. You mean these three musketeers. Athos. Porthos. And Bob Exasper. No, Bob, 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 you are not the third musketeer. It's Aramis. Aramis couldn't make it. Dentist appointment. Bob is kindly filling in for us. All for three and three for five. Regardless, I wasn't talking about the adventure novel by Alexandre Dumas. Rather, the candy bar, Three Musketeers. When it was introduced in 1932, it came as three separate pieces in one package. One chocolate, one strawberry, and one vanilla. And named for us? Which of us is vanilla? Surely it is not Porthos. Not Bob either. That leaves only Athos. And I am certainly not vanilla. Musketeers, we don't have time for this. Why doesn't it have three flavors anymore? During World War II, which also has a number in its name, sugar rationing began. It became too costly to make three separate flavors, so Mars, the company who made the candy, dropped two and focused only on the chocolate part. 
I think I'm the chocolate part. Go away, Bob. Fine. Next up, The Four Seasons. Oh, Frankie Valley. Not those four seasons. The famous hotels? Not those either. Which four seasons do you mean? The Violin Concertos by Antonio Vivaldi. What we know is that they were inspired by four sonnets, one about each season. But who wrote those sonnets? Mr. Vivaldi, Mr. Vivaldi, who wrote those sonnets that inspired you so? I wrote the four seasons, Antonio Vivaldi. Yeah, the concertos, but the sonnets? They must have been written by uh, Homer, right? No, it was I, Antonio Vivaldi. Homer didn't write sonnets? Shakespeare did. He didn't write Italian sonnets. No, it was I, Antonio Vivaldi. I'm sure they were written by Bob Exasper. Hi, that's me. I'm Bob Exasper. No, Bob, Bob, Bob. I only have 12 minutes. You're down to six. And it was I, Antonio Vivaldi. They were written in the 1720s, Bob. You weren't alive then. Besides, you don't even write poems. When Eric is cruel and discounts Bob Exasper, it cuts to the quick. Haiku. Oh, bravo, Bob. Beautiful. Go away, Bob. Fine. Do we know who wrote the sonnets? Most music historians believe the author of the sonnets was Antonio Vivaldi himself. No, it was I, Antonio. Oh, yeah, right, me. You've used more than half of your time, and you're not yet through half the numbers. Right, five... Guys! When Jerry and Janie Morell's oldest sons graduated high school, they felt that college wasn't for them. Their parents let them use the college money they'd saved to open a hamburger restaurant, which the boys would run instead. But why is it called Five Guys? It was named for Five Guys. Yeah, named for Curly Larry and me. No, Mo, you're Three Stooges, not Five Guys. I'll bring over Shemp. That's only four. Stooges. These five guys originally were Jerry Morell and his four sons, Jim, Matt, Chad, and Ben. Eventually, a fifth son was born, Tyler. Today, that's who the five guys refer to. And the Morells still run the business. You're halfway there. But you won't finish in time. Okay, uh, Motel 6. It opened in Santa Barbara, California in 1962, offering rooms for $6 per night. But why is it called Motel 6? Because it was 1962, you dummy. Ow! No, Stooges, because of the price, $6 a night. Oh. Still don't get it. Maybe you'll get this. Ow! Shush, time limit. 7-Eleven, two numbers in one name. There's no extra credit. Originally, they were called totem stores. That was a play on words. Customers toted their purchases home, and the stores had totem poles out front. But in 1946, they expanded their hours, opening at 7 and closing at 11. 
How did they make enough money if they were only open four hours a day? No, Bob, 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 why are you back? Just seems like a bad business model. They were open from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., Bob, and the new hours inspired the new name. But now they're open 24 hours a day. Maybe they should change their name again to Always Always. Why are you never helpful, Bob? The next number is eight. Is that helpful? No, but I have a name already. V8, the beverage. Named because it is made of the juices of eight different vegetables. And Nine West, the women's shoe brand, is named for the address of the company's original location, 9 West 57th Street in Manhattan. Manhattan, Kansas? Manhattan, New York. Oh, the less well-known Manhattan. Ugh, I do enjoy foot fashion. Your combat boots are very stylish. Flattery will not prove your number sense. You need one more. Right, 10, 10, 10. I need a name with 10. The Ten Stooges! Ten Face. How would that even work? The Ten Musketeers. We need to recruit. The Ten Seasons, a concerto sequel by me, Antonio. Oh, oh, the Ten Stooges! Ten Stooges! Quiet! Quiet! I need to think. Come on, Eric. Do it. This is big. Big? That gives me an idea. Bob, you were actually helpful. <laughs> like always. The Big Ten Athletic Conference began in 1895 when leaders from seven universities met to find ways to regulate intercollegiate athletics. Two more colleges joined in 1899. When they incorporated in 1905, they called themselves the Intercollegiate Conference Athletic Association. That doesn't have a number in the name. But in 1917, the membership of the conference grew to 10. And do you know what they called themselves? Uh, the 10 colleges that play sports against each other? The Minions of Two-Face. Eleanor Roosevelt? No. They still called themselves the Intercollegiate Conference Athletic Association. Oh! That feels like a trick question. But the media started calling them the Big Ten. It took another 70 years before the organization officially changed its name. To Eleanor Roosevelt? No, Bob. To the Big Ten. Has it not now 14 members? That's true, but they haven't changed their name. Maybe they're rounding down. How do you round down? I'll show you. First you go round, then you go down. Oh! That's 10 names. Does he pass? Do you need me to flip a coin for you? Ugh, unnecessary. He has number sense and name sense. <sighs> You've won this round, Goldstein, but I'll find another discrepancy in your records. One day I will bring you down. Count on it. But why? People like you who try to cheat the system, who solely the good name of education must be vanquished. It is up to record keepers like me, tireless, vigilant, obsessive, obsessive, who keep the fabric of society from fraying into threads and, and other smaller pieces of fabric. Could you at least use the doorknob next time? <laughs> no guarantees.
Thanks for listening to Namely, where even if my days are numbered, you can count on plenty of names. This episode of Namely was written by Eric Goldstein and directed by Eric Goldstein. You heard the fantastic voices of Tara Rispin, Ryan Costello, and Eric Goldstein. Namely is produced in beautiful Reno, Nevada by Ryan Costello and Eric Goldstein. It features sound design by Eric Goldstein and original music, including our theme song by Stephen Alberti. If you have questions, comments, or an idea of a name you'd like us to explore in a future episode, send us an email. Our address is namelypodcast at gmail.com. On behalf of everyone at Pinky Pants Productions, thanks for listening, and name on!